Hey everyone, welcome back to the Real Sports Science Podcast with Matt and David, episode 12. Are you ready? We are. Let's go. I love how we I love how we're switching up the podcast intros. Eh? Nothing stays yeah. similar. I'm always dropping. I wasn't new sure things. if I was gonna sneak that in there in time, but I did. <laughs> it's <laughs> welcome back. Fair. It feels like we just did episode eleven yeah. two seconds ago. It doesn't feel like it's been it's, that long. The weeks fly by. Yeah. So I feel like we after that heavy, heavy conversation we had with Hayden, which I'm sure that you guys all enjoyed nearly as much as us. Um, we could have like a nice little bite size of an episode today. For every anyone who's done programming or writing code, let me know. Because I am struggling with MATLAB. What is MATLAB? Is it's it me? Like, Matt. It's, nice. It, yeah. It's you in a lab. Great banter. <laughs> no, it's, um, it's a coding software that you use as a biomechanist. Um, to be able to take data and then graph it and do lots of really cool things with it oh, okay. and watch it move and things like that. But it's all coding. So do you have um, like an example? So say like, what would it be like if I'm say running on force plates or how would it work? Yeah, Just so like if, yeah, if you use, yeah, if you'd use like Ficon, which is a 3D motion analysis software, uh, you had like 12 cameras set up, force plates and stuff. You had someone running over them. So you get the forces from the force plates and then also the the movement on the 3d camera and then you develop like a 3d uh visual yeah what's the word i'm looking for 3d model Uh, thank you a 3d model of what the person looks like okay (laughs) so like you could test like running gate and then see if they're running optimally yeah that's right and then Mm. and then you use matlab you will you program matlab to do a whole bunch of things for you so you don't have to do them by hand. Oh. Um, and then you just pop in. But you have to know how to write the code for it to do that. Jeez. Or say, for an example as well, SPSS, which is like the statistical software mm. that we use to run stats. I love that. I love that module so much. <laughs> just, gave, just gave Matt PTSD. I know. What a brilliant <laughs> module. Yeah. Speaking so that... Module, oh, yeah. Carry on, carry on. <laughs> So that is is run by code. Like everything that happens behind the scenes is code, but it's already written for you. So, but you could use MATLAB or you could use a different software to write the code yourself. Okay. You, so you just have to learn how to do it. And it's it's basically a different language. Um, so I'm, there's good days and bad days. No, I this can imagine. Like, middle of today, I was like, I've got this down. Coding master came to the next like question or example <laughs> no idea what to do <laughs> oh no it's like, yeah it's lunchtime break. yeah time to have a break um yeah but sorry sorry speaking of the modules um not to yeah. toot my own horn but um i've passed my dissertation so yeah oh no way so, dude yeah. <laughs> now i'm a master in science with that? yeah I, I... just before this you're like oh, i got nothing to say <laughs> <laughs> When you said SPSS, it reminded me. Um, so yeah, sorry, David, I'm a master in science now. I mean, why am I saying that to you? You're doing a PhD. Never mind. <laughs> yep. So, sorry, mentor. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's awesome, dude! Congrats. Yeah, no, I really. That's a that. huge weight off. I bet getting that back. It really was the dissertation it, back. It really was. It just. I got a bit worried because I I sent it in in September and I only received it now in November. I was getting a bit worried. Like, have I failed? Yeah. Is that why yeah. I didn't need another three people to try and mark what I've submitted? 
Um, but yeah, no, all, all is good. <laughs> I think funny. the stress is over. I, th- I got a couple of messages from like friends on the course and we were all just finally at ease now knowing that we've passed and we're going to be graduating in December. So I, I'll see you. Maybe I could ask, um, maybe we could do a podcast on the stage, David, um, for graduation. Vlog, you're coming up for there it, you go. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that'll be, that'll be in December, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes, we let's go. First something. vlog, Matt graduation Hi. get me on the mat lab <laughs> there we go um but yeah <laughs> on that note matt's got a topic for the week of us let's dive into that awesome so this this topic i i was listening to you know while i was at the gym don't not relevant in any way but while i was there i like to listen to to let us know (laughs) i I was concerned (laughs) (laughs) while i was um squatting david i know you'll be happy now that i'm doing legs um i I listened to podcasts and you know i like to said spotting i thought you said spotting like i don't actually work out of the gym i just (laughs) spot people (laughs) try and make friends Uh, have you have you heard this new podcast um but yeah no so guys trying to squat 140 kilos <laughs> oh you should really listen to episode three yeah this, this should really up. be beneficial have you ever tried resistance sprinting by the way um but yeah you no, shouldn't <laughs> yeah. um so then i i you know i was listening to a podcast while i was at the gym and i heard um some of the conversations and you know i listened to like various different types and a lot of the conversation was like how they sort of split up their athletes so the podcast was like uh you know strength and conditioning coaches what they do what that you know from various different sports cricket um rugby league rugby union football and in those team sports a lot of the topics uh, one of the topics that they mentioned which was which i found quite interesting is how they split up their athletes so you but know in in an snc yeah, yeah, like yeah, training yeah right. yeah so like and i thought you know like how do sports differ and um, I just thought it would be a great bit of conversation just to delve into what we think um, in terms of like, you know, like uh, does a way you split up um, people in football differ from rugby? Um, why? Why do you need to split people up? Uh, so, yeah, I just thought we could have like a little bite sized conversation of that. Yeah. Um, well, what do you think? So I, in, in rugby, I guess, specifically. That's why, and and you said specifically there, and I think that's a key word because you do have to split them up in specific sort of positions that they have. So obviously rugby will have different physiological demands from football as well as skill demands Um, because, you know, in rugby, obviously you're catching the ball. You can also kick it, but that only depends, you know, that depends on positions because a forward wouldn't kick as much as a back, you know? So you sort of have to split it. So if you're looking at a team, um of rugby let's say you'd have you've got the front five which are the heaviest guys um the middle five which or like the back row um which will be like sort of lighter but still have to have a lot of power and then you've got the back five which are more will be kicking need a lot of like high speeds running at high speeds um so it's just you've got to split up to so i guess you'd look at a needs analysis point of view so you'd look at what their positions needs. You'd sort of group them together. And I guess why rugby has such an easy one, which is like front five, middle five, back five. Right there, you're 15 players. They all slot into three perfectly numbered groups. And from there, you can work on what their what their position demands. Don't need MATLAB to figure that one out. No, nah, no, nah, you don't. <laughs> just a GPS and you're sorted <laughs> or just watching a bit of rugby. Um, but yeah, no, I like hmm. so. And I guess... That's so interesting because I guess like... I know so little about rugby 
to begin with. So like the demands, the physiological demands of yeah. different positions, even less so. But it's similar to football, like American football. Um, like a, a special teams kicker, he will kick. Mm. And the only time he'd have to do anything different is if the running back runs his kick all the way back and he actually has to make a yeah. tackle. Yeah, and how, like, and and how that rare is that? pretty rarely. Yeah. Or if, like, for some reason you're running a trick play when you're doing a field goal, or if you miss the field goal and then, again, the running back or whoever it is runs the ball back to so that you're in a position where you have to make a tackle. But yeah. Other than that, like... And, and I think you see it as well. Um, the different positions just have different physiques. Yeah. yeah, like yeah. Not, to, not to down kickers, but usually they have, like, bad dad bods. <laughs> yeah, but even, even the quarterbacks, they'll be extremely tall. And... Um... They'll probably have so 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 like a quarterback. You'd want to focus. I'm just testing my knowledge here on American football, but you'd want them to focus massively on range of motion, how much power they can get through that range of motion, because they're and they're only using one. Some, I mean, it's very rare. Am I right to say that very rarely you'll see a quarterback that uses both arms? They will have one arm that is favored. So yeah, well, you don't have two balls in your hand, so no, but like they can throw. <laughs> David, David. They can... <laughs> um no but you know what i mean no you wouldn't see that and yeah and i think like lots of rotational forces for them but you don't see generally in like physiques wise an absolutely yoked quarterback yeah and and you wouldn't see a quarterback say do um a lot of bilateral exercises that an offensive lineman would be doing right you know where they're having to push with both their hands um yeah whereas a quarterback only needs one of his hands in the sense of like throwing so you, you, it's so interesting. This is the first time I've ever really thought of it. Uh, and and you know, with football, I've limited experience, like American football, other than yeah. just watching it and playing it a little bit. Rugby, even less so. Yeah. So I gravitate towards like, oh, well, what about hockey? Mm. And and it's interesting because I think a lot of the differences when it comes to hockey aren't really f- like physique-based or strength-based. Yeah. It comes, uh, it's more skill-based. So like if, if we're in like ice training, um often the forwards and defense will split up because they have just different skills that they have to work on or different systems yeah. that aren't relevant to the other or one or the other. But in the gym, oh, excuse me. But in the gym, um, you, you need to be strong in the same sort of way. And I think goalies might be slightly different because they don't, they don't receive as much physical contact or not nearly as much as as players do and they have to have a lot more flexibility mm. so like goalies are nuts flexible like yeah. i haven't seen a goalie in the nhl especially nowadays that can't do the splits oh wow yeah crazy. yeah um but they still have to be able to, they still have to be super fit and be able to basically like go up and down for hours yeah you know all game long um but so so that's interesting because i don't know if if you would, you know, if you were to be developing an SNC program for for a hockey team, ice hockey team, and maybe if there's any SNC coaches out there that do this, are there differences? I would say that hockey is is like broad strokes pretty similar for let like forward and defenseman mm. in terms of um, in the gym, and I think you might have slightly different slight differences of what the person's like overall role is in the team like if you're a banger and you go out and hit bodies yeah you'll probably spend a little bit more time developing some strength and lower body power 
Just to give a bit of um, so a banger yeah, a would banger would a banger be just a bit, the guy like from someone Goon. who throws a oh it's just someone who throws the body around nice. Just like you're going to want to have a little bit more mass on you, maybe. Yeah. Whereas like a skill player might not need to develop as much, but you still needs power in his legs to be yeah. able to skate fast. And that, that's, that's um, the thing. So I got this from a conversation Phil Scott had, who's the men's strength and conditioning coach for England cricket. And he right. said in um, a podcast that he was on, he was talking about how they split it. Um, and that just, you know, it just got me thinking that sp- sort of sparked the conversation in my head, how I would split it in different sports. And if, you know, it is necessary. And one thing I thought about is, I mean, it's so simple. You split it in, it's already split for you skill wise. So you could yeah. easily do that for SNC. Obviously it requires a bit more thought, but there you go. You've got your template right there. So, yeah. you know, like, uh, say, should we put in football terms? I guess we could both um, sort of, we know we have an understanding of football together. Um, would a striker... Um, have different sort of demands than a midfielder, whereas a midfielder has to track forwards and backwards. Um, a striker, I guess, can like sprint. He'll be sprinting more uh, laterally, you know, at an angle more than a defender would be per se, right. or a goalkeeper. So right there, you can just from their positions, you can split them into, you know, their categories and then train them in that way and to meet their mm. goals and demands that it will be they will be experiencing in a match or training. Yeah. Um, here's a, here's a question from that. Do you think, do you think you could overcomplicate this? I mean, you could overcomplicate anything, but I think to be do fair. You think, and do you think that would have a negative impact? Say like if you're, if you're splitting it up so much that I don't know, no one ever trains together or. Yeah. I, well, that's I the know. thing about team sports. I guess that's a psychological aspect you could see. I would never want a team sport athlete to be training, you know, all of them to be training individually or close to individually because you lose that sort of team element where you learn so much about a player that's next to you. There's so many different factors. Why? Um, and one of the main yeah. ones, I guess for me would be that you want them to be training together because why a you know it provides that element of competition um you know if you're going on a heavy lifting day and you want them to be re, you know hitting near max percentage of their 1rms or trying to get a new personal best 1rm then you want them to be training around each other because that will just inspire yeah. some competitiveness but also it, in the gym you you learn so much about your counterpart you know you can learn so much more and, you know, whilst in your rest sets, you can have a little bit of conversation or you can push each other harder. You know, it just allows for that bit of diversification. Um, so, yeah, I think you do not want to, uh, to answer your question, you do not want to complicate it um, too much. I think a standard, a good size number. So like in rugby, I'll use that as an example again. You've got five, front five, middle five, back five. There you go. You know, you've got three big groups. Say you're in a group of, you know, you've got 30 people, um, that you know, in a training squad. Right there, that's easy. You know, you've got hmm. like you, you've got so many people in there, so it's it's yeah. I definitely say don't overcomplicate it, but also if you're not, you don't want them to be, you know, don't undercomplicate it. <laughs> yeah, I definitely <laughs> have word? to be aware of it. I yeah, suppose. yeah, you don't want them all training <laughs> together doing this. Don't it. Don't undercomplicate it, folks. Yeah. Um, there you go. Just Hashtag right that. in the middle. <laughs> Hashtag that. Um, but yeah, no, you don't want to make it. You don't want them all training the same thing all together. Um, and I guess it's just an overseed thing because some people do it naturally. But if you're at the starting, this is why we bring, you know, this isn't a properly an in-depth conversation on one of the a controversial topic in SNC. It's a pretty, you know, 
known thing that a lot of people do, but it doesn't get the bit of light that, say, a new S&C coach looking to get some more experience would know themselves. Or if they do, right. you know, maybe they, you know what I mean, we're just trying to bring it up. So that's the point of this podcast. Yeah. We're just trying to shed light on topics that a new S&C coach may not have seen or heard before. Paper of the week. Paper of the week. So I've decided, and once you've listened to this, you'll have known this already, but I've decided that the the name of this episode is going to be How You Can Stop Grandma From Being Run Over by a Reindeer This Christmas. Do you know that song? Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer? Grandma or Grandma? Grandma. Oh, okay. I got Those are the same words, aren't they? No, I said grammar, as in like grammatical. Oh, grammar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No. <laughs> grammar is not getting run over by a reindeer. Although, yeah. who knows? <laughs> not nah, grandma. How, you know the song Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer, yeah? No, never heard well, of this, it. Well, this, what? After <laughs> this, that's your job. Okay, okay. To that's my homework. Yeah, yeah. This is a paper that I read this week, and I thought it was just uh, interesting. Well, I've read it, actually, I think a maybe in my master's, but my supervisor sent it to me, so I gave it another read. Um, it's called, uh, really long name, Coactivation and Tension Regulating Phenomena During Isokinetic Knee Extension in Sedentary and Highly Skilled Humans. <laughs> so basically, they took highly skilled humans, uh, and these were high school group, so like 16, 17, 18-year-old high jumpers with PBs uh, between 210 centimeters and 222 centimeters, which is about international or national level for that age. So pretty good. So highly skilled people. And they compared them to sedentary people. uh, So people who just don't train, um, don't exercise, untrained. And there's this, basically there's this um, idea Yeah, that we can't actually activate our muscles a hundred percent. Okay, or that some people can't, and some people well, some people can, and some people can't. So this is kind of uh, what they what they were looking at, and and what they did um, is they they had them sitting on this thing that's called an isokinetic dynamometer, which is basically a big torture machine. it's not it's this big thing that basically can can set uh how fast you can go through range of motion so for this one it was knee flexion so they're sitting down and then they're extending and bending their knee uh and they're strapped in and then you tell the machine move at this angular velocity so it's going to move this fast into extension and you have to push as hard as you can into it yeah basically see how much force you can develop at that speed if that makes oh, okay. sense. Yeah, 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 I get where you're coming from. And, and you test that concentrically, which is um, the, the motion when you're... So for knee extension, can, the concentric action is when you're extending, excuse me, extending your leg. Mm. And, and eccentric would be when you're being forced to bend your knee and you're trying to push against it. That's you're trying to stop one. someone from bending your knee, but you can't. And it's slowly bending your knee. That's eccentrically for your quads. So that was a bunch of <laughs> words. <laughs> 
<laughs> and they wanted to see it at different speeds what happened uh and and it was, it was very interesting um and it, it creates a curve and maybe we can show it if we have this on a video or something um but but this is the biggest thing that that i took away of it from a more pre- there's a lot of things that i took away but for this podcast there's one thing that i that i thought was very interesting is that for the action when your muscle is lengthening so when you're being forced yeah to um it, to bend your knee against against a force the untrained people weren't able to activate their muscle as much as the trained people so how they did that is basically they would they measure how much force you're creating voluntarily and then they stimulate your muscle as well Okay. And then if the force goes up, obviously your muscle is capable of more. Yeah, but you're yeah. not able to activate that. So that's how they that's how they showed if you're able to activate your muscle 100 percent or not. Mm. Um, and they found that the sedentary people weren't able to when when they were being forced to bend their knee. And and practically speaking, this would be an instance. Let's say uh, when you jump off of something, like you jump off of a table and you land. And you land and then your knees bend. That's an eccentric action. Yeah. So like your muscles of your quads are lengthening as you slow yourself down. So that's an eccentric action. And they found that sedentary people weren't able to activate their muscles during that kind of contraction than trained individuals. So that's it. So, so how, so that's interesting because there's a difference. Yeah. Um, and it, but the the cool thing about it is it's obviously trainable because trained people could activate more than untrained, right? Mm. And so this goes uh, basically the thing that I thought of is well, how can we stop um, grandma from being run over by a reindeer? Is that we know that as we age, uh, we lose muscle mass and we lose force, and often as we age, we don't train as much, and it, and. I've had lots of conversations with people saying it's very important as you age to start resistance training. And I think this is another case of why that's important. Yeah. Um, because say, say take for example, if you fall off of something, say a table, I don't know why you're on the table in the first place, but say you fall off of it or say you stumble and you reach out your foot to catch yourself. If you don't have enough, if you can't activate your muscles enough to catch yourself as your foot hits the ground, you're going to fall. Yeah. That, that, because that, you, aren't, you aren't able to activate your muscles quick enough or strong enough. And would you say that that gap is due to like sort of familiarization of those activities? So say like being able by resistance training, every, well not every, like majority components of the body, um, through years of doing that or even picking that up, you are, will be more beneficial due to the muscle familiarization and the rebuilding of um, the muscle you're able to yeah. do that better than others I, I don't know about familiarization because i don't think you ever like practice falling but but it but <laughs> i mean maybe you do i mean i, I do don't. david i do <laughs> <laughs> i'm waiting till i'm 80 but what, <laughs> <laughs> you just like you just push me push me yeah the, be, oh, the best fooler fall. in yeah, the country nice. the best fooler in the country <laughs> yeah. yeah that's hilarious um but so I so I mentioned that as you age you lose muscle mass. The really cool thing about muscle is it sorry, muscle quality is it doesn't know age. So there's this other study 
that that they they looked at um muscle so an mri of an 80 year old who trained an 80 year old who didn't train i don't know the age but older say 80 so an 80 year old who trained an 80 year old who didn't train and then a 20 year old who trained okay and they looked at the basically the quality of the muscle on an mri and and between the 20 year old who trained and the 80 year old who didn't train there's a big difference both in muscle size and also like muscle density and would that that determines muscle quality are those the yeah, determinants yeah, quality yeah. Or, yeah force production strength whatever okay but but the cool thing was between the 80 year old who did train and the 20 year old who trained the 80 year old's muscle was smaller because that's something we can't help yeah, yeah. is is muscle decrease as we age because our body just can't produce proteins as fast and all that other kind of stuff but the muscle quality so that the the density of the muscle and how the muscle itself looked on the mri was the same oh wow so as so as far as muscle function you know you might not be able to be as strong but your muscles can function to the same level if you train them to as they did when when you were younger and that's really exciting as well because um because you can change it <clears throat> and and I think you know I think of my my grandparents who are aren't spring chickens as they used to be you know and you're always worried about them falling down and hurting themselves and often I think we can think oh well there's nothing we can do about it but there really is yeah and and so if anything this paper here really shows that that's something that's trainable um you know, the, the ability to produce force, especially in that eccentric action. So like catching yourself from a fall or something, which, which unfortunately is just a, a fact of life as we get, as we get older, you know, we're going to be stumbling more, our coordination isn't going to be as good. And we need to make sure that we're putting ourselves in a position or putting grandma into a position that she doesn't fall and get run over by a reindeer. Nice. No, I mean, that, that that's, <laughs> I actually really, really, you know, like that because normally we we focus on a sort of the elite athlete, and I I really like how we brought in you know the general population, the aging population that's out there. So yeah, I mean we we're branching to a new another audience now. Hey David, yeah, get them yeah, listening in. Right. Um, yeah, no, I guess because yeah, we do want to make it. I think I was thinking about this as well, and you just you just summed it up perfectly there. We we get so stuck, I think, sometimes in in where we work. And especially if you work in performance sport, you forget that there's a world outside mm. that that even though, you know, your specific research is on performance sport or your job is the things that you learn there and that you find out can be, you know, used in other contexts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, just even trying to introduce, trying to start resistance training whilst you're young as well. I think I'd like to see a study to see how, you know, someone who's, a consistent because who has been consistently resistance training since they were you know in their 20s to how they are doing with their quality of life and standard of life is definitely when they're older compared to someone who hasn't yeah. really yeah because yeah we can't get rid of the the eventual decrease like mm. in bone mass but can we put ourselves density. in better positions in the future yeah but we can get it yeah exactly if we can increase you know the peak that we hit yeah it's going to take longer to get us depending depending on our lifestyle say we we maintain the same lifestyle yeah you know then we can slowly we can slow down the degression that mm. that comes naturally with age and i think that's really important as well because 
some 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 older people who haven't resistance trained, maybe they're thinking, oh, like it doesn't matter anymore, you know? Yeah. Um, but our bodies are so unbelievable at changing and adapting to stimulus that we give them that even if you're 60, 70, 80, you can make significant changes that can really improve your quality of life and and decrease the risk of you falling and really hurting yourself. Yeah. Um so get out there and train. Yeah. And if you're Even- listen and if you're listening to this and and you and you are someone or you know someone who's in that position but you just don't know where to start, <clears throat> you know, it can be really daunting especially if you're not coming from, you know, a training background. Mm. Um like get in touch with us. Again. of really easy exercises how you can get involved um uh, and and get some resistance training in even in just your everyday life even like get you your, don't have to leave the house to get your this. granddaughter get your grandson or even get your son or your daughter and get them to take you to the gym as well yeah get or them. just like fill up a couple of like gallon milk jugs there you go four liter milk jugs and with get water. to curling <laughs> yeah exactly um <laughs> But yeah, no, yeah, I, yeah, that, that was really great. Thank you, David. Love that paper. We should, we should, we should rename this podcast. Get your grandparents ripped. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Job of the week. They will be posted on the Instagram. So we're trying to make that little connection. So if you are looking for jobs, and you are listening to this podcast, and you have yet to check out our Instagram. There you go. Now's your opportunity. Check out our Instagram and there you'll find the job of the week or jobs what's, of the what's week. The, what's the Instagram called, Matt? RSS podcast, all lowercase. All lowercase, RSS podcast. If you search the Real Sports Science podcast, it should come up as well with nice. our picture there. There you go. Tip of the week is is get to training no matter oh, okay. what there age you, you are. That's the tip of the week, get to training. Yeah. Awesome. And if you have questions, let us know. We'd love to help. I do have questions, however, since I thoroughly oh. enjoyed the rapid fire questions that we did quite a while ago. Oh, I've go. got a couple more for you, David. Oh no. <laughs> so <laughs> these make me nervous. <laughs> I've got I've got five questions. Okay. So you ready? First thing that comes to mind. Yeah, right, yeah. Here we go. Here we go. What is your favorite board game? Settlers of Catan. Oh, haven't played Easy. that. What is your favorite rainy day activity? Movies. Oh, how do you usually answer the telephone? Hello? This is the RSS <laughs> podcast. Hello. Um, who's your favorite Disney character? Oh, uh, uh, the girl from Tangled. Oh, I guess Rapunzel. <laughs> nice. Rapunzel from Tangled, nice. Specifically. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> or um, Oh, no, 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 no. I take it back. It's the M- Mushu. The dragon from Mulan. Oh, okay. Okay. Funny guy. Um, and then finally, what are you most looking forward to? Oh, getting deep and philosophical. The weekend. There you go. Awesome. <laughs> I thought it was going to go deep and philosophical. <laughs> philosophical? Whoa. <laughs> Pneumothorax. Philosophical. There you go. <laughs> right. That was awesome. And on that note, it's Friday night. It's 10 to 6. It's the weekend. Matt, take us out. This has been the RSS podcast. We're out.